Mm-hmm. All righty, and here we go. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Strong Talk, Fort Worth Strong's premier and only podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Stevens, and today we have the gargantuan big man himself, super competitor and coach supreme, Coach Gage. Gage, how are you today? I am great today. I appreciate it, man. I'm glad I'm on today. So, Gage, tell me, what is your personal history with training? Like, when was, what was your, can you remember your very first workout? Yeah. So, um, been a, I've been in sports since I was three. Like I started baseball at a very young age and came to love it and did it until I graduated high school and other sports were mixed in there as well. Baseball, football, track, and a little bit of basketball wasn't my thing though. So I dropped that, but always trained for sports specific, um, kind of methodologies. Oh, there we go. Um, and and about middle school, maybe a little after, my brothers went off to college, and they um, they went to A&M, and they joined a gym called CrossFit Aggieland, and they got super into the CrossFit thing and started to actually compete in that. And when they would come back home, they would just come and visit, and they would bring that back. And they actually let me try um, one of the open workouts, and that was like my introduction to the CrossFit space. And um, it's kind of grown into a competition thing since then, but the workout was... 21, 18, 15, 12, 9, 6, 3 of thrusters and bar facing burpees. And it was horrendous. And um, I don't know why, but I loved it and I've stuck with it ever since and it's been something I take pride in. Starting with this workout idea of where you've wanted to go, what is your, do you have an end goal with your training? The end goal is the, the CrossFit Games. Um, it's a lofty goal, but I don't see um, anything that can hold me back when I'm this young and have established a good base and have people behind me that are willing to help. So that's the goal. And you've started doing the circuit, is what I will call it, of competitions all across the country. What is your next competition? So um, just this this past month, I did a qualifier. You actually did one of the workouts with me, the TFX qualifier. Um, and that's a pretty big one. It's mostly United States competitors, but I did see a few from out of the country as well, Brazil and China. Um, and I qualified. You had to make top 75 to go um, in my division. And I ended up placing around 50th, um, which is not amazing, but we made it. Um, so. I uh, just got that qualifying spot, and now I get to go prove it in person. Is that something you're starting to recognize a lot more with these competitions, that the sport is maybe not necessarily becoming oversaturated, but definitely broadening its global appeal? And so something like TFX, right, which would start as a very local-based or sort of American-only competition, are you starting to see that across the board of just more and more international competitors, even at these smaller scale competitions yes um and i think like crossfit hq is to thank for that they uh it had always been in the past probably shoot a decade and a half at this point like at the beginning of the sport it was pretty strictly american competitors but um crossfit has really made efforts to like broaden the horizon of athletes that are able to qualify through new qualifying opportunities um, so whether that's 
allowing any national champion of the Open or their semifinal to automatically qualify for the games um, or other things similar um, that can get you a direct ticket to the games. Um, and I think that's brought a lot of more people into the sport and therefore put a lot of more people um, in the smaller competitions like TFX or Wadapalooza that are not necessarily the games but are still pretty big premier locations. Do you imagine sort of like what's what we've I've seen happening with like powerlifting leagues do you ever foresee a competitor to the CrossFit games but it's still CrossFit exercises and workouts but it's not necessarily under the umbrella of CrossFit and in and of itself but a whole other league if you will yes um technically you're not allowed to adopt the training methodology of crossfit because they've actually like copyrighted it and coined it as their own but there's still a lot of people that are doing similar things in the functional training space i don't remember i think it's called grid league uh, you might have seen it on instagram um grid league um high rocks is doing something similar they actually have a competition in dallas this week um and it's more endurance based but very similar fitness is just a strict test of fitness it's really interesting Cool, 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 cool. Yes, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so, we spend a lot of time here at the gym clearly and obviously working out and working out our bodies to become the Adonises in Greek gods right. that we all are. Right. Um, but how do you and what do you do to... Two-part two question. Number one, care for yourself physically. Actually, now three-part question. So, how do you care for yourself physically? How do you care for yourself mentally so that you can continue to perform at the level that you are wanting to perform at? And then, what do you do to train your brain? Like, what's something you do to keep yourself sharp uh, with um, a whip-smart wit or whatever? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, physically, in terms of just keeping myself sharp, I obviously training is a huge part, but you always hear talk about recovery as well. Um, and probably up until about a year ago, maybe even less, I did not value recovery um, much. Um, and there's so many facets of that, whether it's sleep or eating enough food or stretching or mobility or all that stuff. And so um, kind of trying to adopt that as I progress in the sport, and it doesn't even have to be that. Like recovery training sessions are something that I neglected for a long time. Um, I thought volume was a direct correlation to just fitness gains and that's not always the case. Um, so starting to incorporate like just longer bikes just to get my blood flowing like flush the lactic acid and soreness out. Um, I do a lot of those recovery workouts or just recovery sessions at home just stretching. Um, mentally it's uh, just to keep myself kind of mentally sharp. Um, it's a lot of studying the sport. Um, so I'll, you'll sit on my bed at home and just watch people train, um, see how they flow through fitness tests, fitness, um, anything in fitness really, um, watching people's Olympic lifting form. Um, I, I find it entertaining and it, it helps what I do. Um, and then just to kind of mentally decompress, is that what the last one was? Yeah. Um, just surrounding myself around the right people. Like I love the people up here um, can really keep things more lighthearted, which is very needed. Um, my girlfriend, Gracie, is a huge help um, and my family. My brothers are both in town now, so having them around is going to be really fun. Excellent. So, yes, I feel like recovery workouts and just recovery in and of itself is 
the neglected stepchild of the fitness industry and everyone will tell their story of the injury that it took to to start taking recovery really really seriously and then it's always that exponential growth afterward and you're like right deloading for a week helps me so much more than pushing through and going for six months straight and just destroying my body (laughs) Um, who are or would you say your biggest influences and um, not heroes because that is can be a loaded word but people that you look up to in the CrossFit world, in the weightlifting world, and why is it the Chinese Olympic National Weightlifting Team? <laughs> Whenever I first started following the sport, I'm sure you've heard Rich Froning. Um, super huge fan of that guy, like know his whole sports background, like watch his whole documentary, you can probably quote the whole thing. Um, I just, his ability to calm himself mentally on the competition floor um, and ga- like literally gauge the room um, to know what he has to do to win um, has been something I've struggled with and have tried to incorporate um, more and more as I've continued competitively. Um, but he can literally just work at 80% while everyone else is working at 100 and keep himself composed and therefore know when to push and when to back off to keep himself fresh. Um, and obviously his, his lifts are insane. Um, I don't necessarily say that's where my early arm bend and the clean came from not the best thing um but i don't complain that we both have it yeah it's um it's always interesting to watch elite athletes and then as we move further and further into the sport recognizing that people at the top are even in high levels of competition really existing in that 80 percent zone so that they know when to wiggle and when to give a little bit more and when to sustain so that they can continue to compete. Because I think about competitors who go through the games, at least I, I, we, I've watched every single CrossFit documentary, yeah. and it always, they always talk about the first, the first timers who come out of the gate full sprint, really trying to show themselves, and they just, they burn out. They, um, they make early on mistakes that then cost them in the long run. Either it's, it's always unfortunate when it's an injury and you hate to see it, but that's those are the things that happen that then really put it in perspective of, oh right, it's these elite athletes are not operating at 100% every single time, and that's not only okay, that's actually better, because it it gives you yeah, it's how it just gets it more sustainable. Um, what is your favorite movement that you do? So it's always been squat cleans since high school. Um, I just, it's, it's a very powerful movement and I've always been decent at them. Um, but we did a deadlift program through Nick Redmond's programming. Uh, it was probably a few months back. Um, and man, did it work. And it really made me love deadlifts a lot. Um, it sucked the first probably three or four weeks, but as I started to get acquainted with hook grip, double overhand in the, in the deadlift itself, um, that translated to, to big one rep maxes as well, which was really cool. Yes, I, gosh, shout out to Nick Redmond for all of the quality programming. Top of the line that happens here, both for us coaches and at Fort Worth Strong. Um, Yeah, deadlifting is, it is one of those movements that just, when it clicks in, form is tight, you stand up tall, 
I often think, how can I not feel like Superman in right. this moment or like just because you, you're just, yeah, you're just lifting this immensely heavy weight off of the ground, fighting against gravity to prevail, even for a moment. It's just so exhilarating when it lands really well. But then sometimes when form is terrible, yeah, God, I can't, I, yes, I can. I mean, there have been times where I have rolled out of my bed and crawled to the bathroom because I just couldn't move. I couldn't move. Um, can you remember a time in your life where you were so incredibly sore mm -hmm. that you couldn't move or like couldn't function mm -hmm. properly? Um, I don't remember what workout caused it, but it was actually relatively recent and I don't think it was a culmination of the TFX events. I think it was before that. I just wish I remember what it was, but it was like, I've been sore in locations in my body, like quads where it, like I can barely walk down the stairs and stuff like that. But it was everything, like quads, lats, traps, um, everything, dude. And it was brutal. I don't remember what caused it, but it, it took me a solid six days to like start to recover. It was brutal. And those recovery times are so unfortunate because especially yeah they hold you they hold you back and you, know, you can't not i shouldn't say can't but <laughs> wanting to still continue to work out and not take six days off so you're still sore then it rolls around again for that programming yeah. to do the thing that got you really sore again you're like oh boy here we go <laughs> um you are a relatively young guy you're in school how do you balance and how would you tell someone hey, you can balance an, a really busy work schedule with a fitness program. Um, how do you do it, and how would you tell someone to do it? Um, as much as college students might not want to do this, it does help to do 8 a.m.s. <clears throat> so I have an 8 a.m. every day and stack my classes 10 minutes after each other after that, so I'm done on my longer days by 11, and on my shorter days I'm done at like 10. Um, so after that, I can go home, make food, study, um, and then come up here, train at 1. Then coach from usually about 4.15 to 6.40, um, put out the equipment for tomorrow, maybe train again, um, and go home and study some more. Um, everybody, I, like I hear people say routine is the enemy a lot, um, but I've found a pretty awesome routine that helps me out a lot, and it's not a bad thing to find a routine in my opinion. Yeah, I think especially when starting out creating a routine is amazing because it can help us adhere to all of our goals, whatever it be, um, fitness or intellectual. Yeah. And then when you've crafted that routine, you can then deviate from it as life as needed and as life dictates sometimes. What do you prefer? A good big commercial gym with tons of people, a lot of frenetic energy, this feeling that like you're in a building that's alive and you get to participate in that life with working out, or an empty gym where it's just you by yourself, you've got your work you gotta do, and then you just have that time. Um, when it comes to coaching a group, I love a balance between that like big energy of like a big box would usually provide, but at the same time, like boiling it, boiling it down to a very like intimate and personable at, like atmosphere. Um, and I think we do that really well um, with our smaller, smaller classes. Um, with my training, I prefer empty gym, just myself um, and the equipment and the work at hand. 
um, puts me in the right headspace, helps me focus on why I'm doing it a lot better. Um, and when I'm focused on the why, I feel like I get a lot more out of a training session. The motivation really deepens and I can push a little bit extra. Plus, you get the opportunity to like play your own music and not have it in headphones. You can just blast it over the really the quality hashtag sponsor us please Sonos uh, Sonos speakers we have here at Fort Strong, which are incredible. Um, and yeah, being able to work out here alone is just it has that really. I think what I like about Fort Strong is that the size of the gym itself creates that. It's big enough to where you really feel when you are alone, like, yes, this whole space is for me and I can spread out and do exactly what I need to do. But it's not too big to where you feel sort of swallowed up by this gym around you. I mean, we both went to TCU. There were times where I, the only time I could work out was 5 a.m. doors open and you walk in and it's kind of scary. It's like a big empty warehouse and it's, and it's cold and you like, it takes so much longer to warm up, but you get to a smaller gym like this with ample space and you're like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can like, I can dance in between. I can wiggle and groove around and play all of the techno saxophone music that I want. Dude, I'm definitely with that. The TCU rec is great, but like whenever I want to move from an Olympic barbell movement to a rower, I got to walk half a mile. Um, and that's super awesome about our space. Like I, in my opinion, it's the, the perfect size for small group training or even individual training, and that's what we focus on the most. I think we do that really well. I completely agree. What is your most consistent coaching cue that you've recognized, not from a sense of this is something that all of our members across the board need to improve on, but as you are coaching more and more, you find that you default to this particular coaching cue? Yeah. Um, every movement, like arguably will be done with a tight core, like an engaged core. Um, and if not, like hips are going to tilt and shoulders are then going to disengage and then things going to get all wompy jawed after that. Um, so that's usually the start, just a tight core. And then from that hips then can then go low for deadlifting, chest can go up. Um, and it makes it a lot easier to keep those arms straight with a tight core. That's what I'd suggest. Yes, I think Wampy Jaw should be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, a, a stable core, gosh, the more and more I coach and the more and more I just in my own training, how important that is just across the board in terms of effective quality movements. I've recognized in myself that the cues I give the most are the cues that I would need if I was being coached. Yes, because the one I end up giving a lot is trying to get that proud chest of activating those scapula and bringing the chest forward because I have just a little bit forward rounded shoulders. What would you say is your biggest compensation that you are actively working to build away from? Yeah. Um, so like I talked about earlier in my Olympic lifts, I struggle with that early arm bend. So as you start the first pull off the floor, um, arms are supposed to be straight triceps are supposed to be engaged so we don't bend through the elbow. Um, and that's something I've struggled with since I started like actually really nailing down the Olympic lifts. Um, so really tightening up in those lats, squeezing those triceps um, and pulling that bar close, helping me keep those arms straight so we don't lose power whenever we're bending those arms um, has been something I've been trying to fix for a few months on the snatch especially, but the clean as well. Um, and we're just starting to see breakthroughs in that, which is awesome. 
and so someone, if someone were to ask you, Hey, I need this fixed in a way that, um, or I have an issue with my technique and I need it fixed or I need, I need some exercises or something to do. Would you recommend accessory work or dedicated work inside of that movement itself, but at a severely lower weight to ensure that technique is on point? That's a great question. I think a balance of both is really good. Um, breaking the movement down into pieces. Um, so take the clean, for example, clean deadlifts, sinking the hips, keeping the arms straight, and then keeping those hips low throughout a full deadlift um, really nails down the first part of the clean. Um, but like you said, it should be done at a lighter weight to nail down the correct form. Um, and that's something I've been doing for a while. Like whenever I first started with my brothers, for example, they uh, didn't let me move more than an empty barbell for probably the first few weeks that I did it. Like whenever we would train together, they'd be like, no, just do this empty barbell. Um, one of the workouts I did, they did thrusters and I did thrusters and it was 100 thrusters for time. Um, just 45 pounds is what I used and it yeah. did the trick. Um, so lightweight, you're still going to get a good workout and at the same time you're going to work on the things you need to do. What would you say is your biggest motivational tool for clients and then yourself as to how you would increase weight. For example, you've got a client coming in, they've been crushing it nonstop, day in, day out, every time they show up, they always put in the work, but you're noticing that the weight is getting easier and easier for them to lift and the technique is there. How do you motivate them to say, hey, let's get some more weight on that bar and really get to the next level of progress and overload that and get that progressive overload? Um, whether it's me or a client, I think the starting point is convincing them that they're capable. Um, so providing like positive reinforcement with like convincing them that their, their movement is great or taking a video and saying this, I like this, or this is what you're doing here is really good. Um, and once they see that the weight is moving well or know that the, moving, the weight is moving well from your own words, um, they're going to feel more confident um, and they're going to know that they're doing the thing right and then they can move from there. Yeah, I think anyone who is either coming in here or working out on their own, recording yourself working out or recording your lifts or recording whatever movement you want to do, not even for the social media aspect, for the cloud or the likes or anything like that, but truly just for research of how your body is existing in space is huge, huge. All of my big, big progressions I've made in the past eight months, I would attribute most of that to being able to watch myself and um, see where I need to make those corrections and where I need work, but then also to take that moment and celebrate of when I did something well. What is, <laughs> what is the, your, what is the thought you get into? What is the thing you do or say to yourself to get into that mental headspace to execute um, a huge lift? Um, kind of going off what I said earlier, it's, it's knowing that you've put in the work to be able to do it. Like, I've been in this thing long enough to know my limits, um, and I'm not going to put a weight on the bar that I'm, I'm doubtful of hitting. Um, so convincing myself of, of knowing that I can do it. Um, you always see me start several steps behind the bar before I attempt a big lift and then I walk up to the bar 
And those 10, 15 seconds before I walk up to the bar, like, put yourself in a competition mindset and know that this is, like, you have to do this and you can do this. And do you find that you've created structure with that setup? Is it always, like, I have seven steps up to the bar, start on the left foot in those seven steps. By the time I'm there and set, my hands are on the bar and I'm lifting the weight. Um, yes, there's a routine for pretty much every lift that I have and an exact hand placement that like I have to be in uh, for the weight to move correctly. So I, st- I uh, probably start five steps back. Um, you can watch all my, all my walk-ups, I guess you could call them. I walk up uh, one foot under, then set the next foot. Um, if I'm doing a clean or a deadlift, bar goes out away from the body, I pull it close, I sink the hips, and then I go. Um, and if, like, there's this really funny video that me and my brother, I was training with him in McKinney one time, and we were both doing snatches, and the walk up to the bar that we both had, the setup with our hands, we set our hand, we would grab the middle of the bar with the other and slide the hand out, and then we would sink hips and go, and we were in sync, dropped the bar together, and then walked away in like the exact fashion. Dude, it was so crazy. So I don't know if that's in the blood or just a, a, a common trait that a lot of fitness athletes have, but um, I think there's a routine for every lift, and I think having that is effective. And so you've grown up on a ranch or around ranches and done some ranch work before. Is there such a thing as Farmstrong, and do you have it? And is that imperative for everyone to at least spend a summer just on a farm lifting hay bales milking cows and uh clearly i've never (laughs) done anything on a farm as i'm running out of ideas of what actually happens on a farm so my experience with cattle is not much but like i have we have cattle at our house back in alito we live on like 20 acres um, and we have cows down in our pasture. We have a ranch out in Stephenville, which I've told you about, um, and we lease that land um, to a guy who puts cows on it. Um, so, like, the experience that I have with cattle, basically, like, whenever we used to have calves, I would help do the procedures that um, would help us raise it correctly. Um, as far as, it's like, my, my ranch work is more manual labor, and I think that's where the farm strong thing comes from. Yeah. Uh, I worked a summer at a ranch right next door, pretty much to where I live. It's probably over a thousand acres, which was crazy. Um, but basically I did some work with the cattle, um, a little bit of work on like tractors and skid steers and stuff, but mainly all the work I did was just clearing land and moving things like rocks and wood and stuff. So I would just use chainsaw, cut a tree, pick it up, carry it away. Um, so definitely contributed to my training. Um, you could say, and um, I think it did give me a little bit of that farm strength. And would you say that the carryover is um, reciprocal, as in by working out here, you were more capable and able to sustain your work on the ranch for much longer because you now had an understanding of the correct lifting technique and um, being able to know when to go 100% and when to pull back to about 75 or 60% and kind of just exist in that zone of fluctuation. Yeah, I absolutely. Um, the training that I do and 
pretty much all of us do up here at Fort Worth Strong is all functional, um, meaning that it has practical implications in life. Um, and when you boil it down, like that's why we do this. It's not always to go win a competition, but to, to be healthy and to be able to move uh, correctly. Um, and those skills and those abilities have definitely translated into every area of my life, including working on the ranch. Like, the, like not to toot my horn, but the owner was like, dude, you just keep working. And I was like, yeah, man, I just, I, I have the endurance that I built up on the bike in the gym and just sitting on that bike for an hour at a time um, and knowing how to lift a bar helps me know how to lift a heavy branch and there's translations everywhere. And this will be my last question. So, um, gee, it just sounded like such an interview. <laughs> um, we spend so much time here at the gym, but we also have the ability and our own decisions to just go out and work out at other gyms or do other CrossFit boxes or just go to like the TCU rec or something like that. When you are in other spaces outside of Fort Worth Strong, what is something you enjoy about those spaces? And then what's something that you find yourself wanting or like, ah, oh, this would this workout I'm doing right now would be so much better if I was at Fort Worth Strong or something like that. So <clears throat> other gyms, like you always hear the saying, a change of scenery. Um, and other gyms that I've been at have provided that, like just to kind of change up the dynamic that I'm moving in. Um, and like, it's just kind of fun to lift around different people. Like when I work out with my brothers, it's fun to be around them. Um, and like kind of have that other community of family to be around. Um, as far as like things that I miss whenever I'm not at Fort Worth Strong, it's honestly like our community that we have is a Fort Worth strong family, I guess. And as cliche as that sounds, it's between the coaches, it's between the members. And like, it's, it's hard to sell people on that. And just cause they, it's only something that you can experience and like know what it is when you are a part of it. Um, and that's something you can't replace elsewhere. Um, we have all the equipment that any other gym has, like all of the like, quantitative factors are there compared to another gym but the qualitative that we have far outweigh um, others in my opinion yeah i think across the board it, not even at fort restrong specifically but using fort restrong as the example because that's my only experience that a community does nothing but add to the overall quality of fitness either in a specific workout or just the motivation to continue to show up or the ability to progressively overload with each each workout because there is that net that community that surrounds us that gives us the equal part of i feel stable secure and safe enough to then step outside of that comfort zone and try something that if I were to go to a new gym and be surrounded by complete strangers, I don't know if I'd have that ability to really push myself that much further. Gage, thank you so much for being here. This is incredible. Where can people find you online if they want to get more Gage Scott in their lives? Um, at Gage M. Scott on Instagram. I also have a fitness page, kind of been lacking there lately. Um, it is at Gage underscore Scott underscore fitness, I believe. Um, I think it's in my uh, main account, Instagram bio. Um, and I have a Spotify, so you should check that out. That's at Gage M. Scott as well. It's really good. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your time, man. 
Thank you so much. Be sure to follow Gage on all of his social media. He neglected to mention that he's also a SoundCloud rapper. Um, and his rap name, good God, I'm so... <laughs> his, uh, his rap name is... F funky sauce <laughs> um, yes but you be sure to follow him at Gage M. Scott at Gage underscore Scott underscore fitness and be sure to follow Fort Worth Strong at FTW Strong Facebook Fort Worth Strong look us up on Google Fort Worth Strong Google for yourself hey where's the best gym in Fort Worth and then if Fort Worth Strong doesn't pop up first sue sue google just the simple as that sue google um, don't sue google it's uh, it is a david and goliath battle that i don't know if any of us are prepared to face um but thank you so much for listening be sure to follow fort worth strong for all of your fitness nutrition wellness needs and services thanks so much y'all have a good day